This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. All right, our second chapter of Defending the Kingdom. And now we're going to talk about everybody's favorite subject, and that is Patrick Mahomes. Because Barbershop, here's the deal. Uh, This kid is the National Football League MVP, but he has captured the hearts and minds, not only the Chiefs' kingdom, it's really the entire league and beyond that. I mean, this guy has captivated the imagination of the world right now, or at least the football world. I got to believe he's one of the top three in probably in all of sports when they call talking about social media. You're talking about followers, Instagram, tweets. Everybody, you know, every time I see a Twitter with his face beside it, I'm reading exactly what he's saying word for word. He's Everybody is hanging on to every comment, every word. Anytime he replies to anything that happens, even in other sports, um, it seems to be one of the uh, top trending uh, posts when it comes to social media. So uh, he has everybody's ear right now, and I know the kingdom is so excited that he's uh, our quarterback. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I've been with um, at public events with him this spring, and it feels like I'm at a I don't know what Tiger Woods in the prime right at, at Augusta. That's what it feels like. His his popularity. Is crazy. I mean, when you look at him as a football player last year, the stats, and I'm not going to nerd out on these stats, but they're phenomenal. I mean, you look at the yards per attempts, we all know touchdowns over the interceptions ratio, uh, his quarterback rating, but the best in the league in first offensive possessions at 69 points. Oh, he did it first offensive possessions in the second half at 73 points. I mean, the legitimacy of this guy is, and he doesn't seem like a one year flash in the pan. Uh, and it's, it's, it's twofold because you talk about how he has the stats, but he has his stats as a young guy with not a, not, not a whole bunch of NFL experience. He's been playing football all his life, um, definitely comes from a pedigree of having professional, you know, from his father and stuff like that. So he knows the prof- how to handle himself professionally. But when you talk about on the field, the actual snaps under center in the shotgun on a NFL, uh, NFL level, he, he's, 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 he's pretty much a young guy but he's performing like the best of the best. In all the scenarios and all the situations, he's coming through with some of the most uh, <laughs> the most captivating highlights, the left hand, the 50-yard bomb, the no-look pass. He's redefining the position of quarterback, and he's doing it with, with such a, uh, a humble demeanor. Um, I have a chance to get my hair cut with him at the same barbershop. We go to Purple Label Barbershop, and to see us sitting in the back, he comes through. Everybody's at awe. He comes to the back of the barbershop and asks my kids, hey, what's your favorite subject in school? My kids talk to him a little bit. Uh, hey, Barbara, let's take a picture with you and your kids together real quick. Da, 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 da. Um, to see that kind of uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just a normal person in a great situation and see how humble he is about it, knowing that this guy's the MVP of the NFL, one of the, the top, top quarterbacks in the league. And he, you know, on average day, is just the average guy getting his hair cut. And you're, please don't tell everybody when that haircut time is because, <laughs> uh, honestly, there'd be 5,000 people outside that barbershop. That's what I've seen. So the barbershop in the barbershop, which I think is kind of <laughs> cool uh, for you. But I've seen that too. I've seen how grounded he is. I think his mom's awesome. Uh, but 
there's something to be said about this kid, White House, Texas, or White House High School in Tyler, and then going to Texas Tech. He didn't go to Alabama. He didn't go to USC or UCLA or Notre Dame or, or one of those. He went to Texas Tech, and I just think that's framed him very well. But now the bazillion-dollar question, and I get it asked almost every day, publicly and privately, is, well, now what? Now what does he do? I mean, the NFL is full of one-hit wonders that just slide away. Um, so what do you think here? Uh, of where he goes from here. Before before we do that, I had a chance to pull him aside. It's hard to get one-on-ones with Patrick anymore uh, just because of the demand that's on him. But I had a shot at that, and we had just a, just a talk ball. So I asked him, and what's the next step? I get asked every day uh, about us and about this, like, now what? And when people say, okay, next step, next level now what kind of a global question what's your answer yeah i mean obviously the next step would be the super bowl uh we were so close this last season of getting there and, that, and that's the ultimate goal every every single year and so for us it's about getting better each and every day i mean it's a it's a big goal but you, if you keep improving each and every day you can try to try to get better and get better and hopefully get to that that super bowl and win it all right so he's talking about getting better each and every day but when you think about Patrick Mahomes, next step forward, what do you see, think, what's, where does he go from here? And I'm going to treat Pat, like he says, like everything else. He, he wants to be treated like every other person. So I'm going to treat him like every other player. How do you define the next level for an NFL player who's playing at the highest level? How do you define the next level uh, for any player on the Chiefs team? Well, it starts with defining the position. you got to define what is the next level. For a guy who just now had an MVP season, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, is it a stats thing? Is it uh, 5,500 yards? Is it 55 touchdowns? When you think about what is really important from a quarterback position, it's about the win. It's not about his personal stats. It's about commanding all the 11 guys on offense to every drive have an opportunity to score. Touchdowns, field goals, do whatever you have to do. Keep the drive moving. Create first down, first down, then touchdown. If not a touchdown, then a field goal. Shift the field position so that the other team's uh, offense has to go 80, 90 yards to go score. All of those things are going through his mind every time the Chiefs have the ball. So he has to define that, right? He has to define what is going to be his goals um, going into the season. And then we, we talk about what, what does the, the, the things that some of the greatest quarterbacks always have. It's an ability to look at the routes, not the rush. Hmm. To be able to pay attention to his receivers running their routes versus the coverage and not about how the other opponent's defense is rushing him against his protection. Mm-hmm. And Trust I've seen that where I've heard that, see the routes, feel the rush. Yes. And he's a, he has the ability to do that. Like he's got some sensor around his body where he knows Von Miller's coming in a split second, so he goes to the left hand. I mean, it's, it's, he might be the best I've ever seen at that. So see the route, feel the rush. Exactly. We're going with trust the protection, trust your preparation, but you also have to trust the process. Mm-hmm. And I think from the hierarchy here in Kansas City, we hear Brett Veach talk about it. We hear Coach Reed talk about it. Trusting the process. That's in the weight room. Uh, that's nutrition. That's getting a rest. That's watching the film. That's doing the studying. All the little things you have to do to make sure that when you come in every day, you're getting better at something um, and like I said, that's not just from a quarterback position. That's, that's the expectation of every guy in the building. Yeah, well, we've heard people say that as a cliche, get better every day. People say it, coach, I mean, every sport. But to really do it, and I, I honestly think he does it. And he's got the ability to hyper-focus because people are saying, my gosh, he's doing 
all this stuff, right? He's EA Sports, he's cover of Madden, then he's flying here, he's flying there, he's on this, he's on that. I said, yes, but I've never seen that deter his focus. Like he is, like, whether it's OTAs or mandatory minicamp or going into St. Joe, the cat has the ability to stay locked in. When that practice starts, he's in on it, and he's trying to get improve on it, as you were saying. Yeah, I mean that's an endorsement effect, right? That mm-hmm. endorsement endorsement effect has <laughs> it's going to cost you either to uh, force your focus to leave the field, leave what you're what, what you're here to do, because you're too busy. Uh, you're on planes. You're signing autographs. You're uh, you're trying to do community, and some of the things are are beneficial to community. Sometimes it's just the community work. The amount of times they there's only so many babies you can kiss out there in the community. It's only so many hospitals you can go visit. Um, um, buying you know uh, football cleats for a youth or underprivileged program. All those great things you hear guys doing, um, they do come at a cost. And so it's a it's a it's a it's a great balancing act between being committed to the community, but also being committed to your craft. And that's going to be a tough thing for this guy to do because so many people are going to be pulling on him from so many different directions. But like I said, man, he's been a guy from day one has been so humble yep. um, and, and so confident in his confidence and his abilities to um, get it done. I, I really I really can't wait to see the season take off. And, and Barbershop, I, you know, my question's always been with in any interaction I've got is, is it real? Is this cat real? Is he real? Is it like he does? He makes an appearance, or he's doing for some benevolent. And there's a lot of things we haven't seen. He's done behind the scenes. He doesn't have to be out in front of it. He just is. But I sense this is the way he was raised and his background. This stuff's real to him. So here we are. Now let's go to the second quarter, and that is he now has climbed the mountain. He got close. But now you start a whole new mountain climb. You're just filling your backpack right now is what mm-hmm. this is about. I ask him, now he knows, he's been around the league, how do you do the climb? So third year in the league, you know it's a mountain climb. I mean, you know it's a long way to be. We will look at the end. This team where it's at right now on starting basically the climb from now until St. Joe, what do you see in what has to happen? Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of competitiveness already. I mean, the guys are going after each other, getting each other better, uh, but just building each other up. And so I think that's the thing that we have to keep going on uh, is offense and defense competing, the special teams competing against each other and trying to make each other better every single day. The other thing would be to handle that because the more competitive it gets, it can get <laughs> it can get you know dicey a little bit. But just from a leadership standpoint on both sides of the ball, in handling that, learning it, what have you learned and where are you at with that? Yeah, you, you want the fire. You want everybody going out there and competing on every single rep. You want to make each other better, but at the same time, you got to know the mentality with everybody. I mean, everybody's trying to get better. Uh, you have to see that as a big picture. I mean, you have that fire whenever the play is going on, but whenever you get to that locker room, you're still you're still best friends. And so that whenever you have teams like that, the teams that are great and the teams that win a lot of football games. All right, he says something there. He sees a ton of competitiveness here. I, I think with this new defensive, we're gonna. That's the next podcast on defending the kingdoms. We're gonna get into this defense and the intensity that's there. But this competitiveness and the intensity, and where Mahomes fits into this as his quarterback position, and then as the global leader. We talk about competition, and as an athlete who's been on the field, I've been through training camps. Um, I know one thing: competition is king. That is the way to get guys to. If you want to, you take a set of skills that a guy has, and he comes into every 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 player, all fifty three guys on your roster. Um, we talking about training camp, so all hundred guys on the roster, uh, they gonna come to camp with a certain skill level. To be able to maximize uh, eleven guys on the field, 
it has to be a sense of competition. It has to be a kind of a doggy dog. There's only so many seats at the table uh, type mentality for guys to really take their level to the next level. And the only way you can create that from a coaching standpoint, from a general manager standpoint, you got to create a level of competition at every spot on the field. So everybody realizes your yesterday isn't good enough. I need your best today and every day for this team to keep moving in the right direction. The, the, the second you start resting on your loyals, the thing you've arrived, whether it's the uh, wide receivers, the running back, the quarterback position, the O-line, whenever anybody feels that little sense of security, they cannot perform at their ultimate best. It's human nature. So to prevent that, you need competition, and competition is king. And I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. I saw it. I've seen it throughout the spring. I saw it in the mandatory mini camps. In fact, I, it's, it's getting really intense. But and, and folks can go – you can go back and archive and listen to the archive of the first one because we kind of touched on this in the last podcast or the episode one of Defending the Kingdom, and that is the fine line, meaning you and I go at it. Now we go into the locker room. Are we going to go have a beer? Or, you know what, I can't, I can't stand barbershop. I can't stand <laughs> this, cool, this dude. Now, let's, it's, that's real. I mean, that can be an issue here, right? No, definitely. And you've, we've both seen it. That how my home, but how's Mahomes handle this? If I mean, where's the fine line, one, with this team? Mm-hmm. You want to build it, man, but not too far. And where's Mahomes role in this? It, it's, so, it's so, man, it, it's, it's a, for a quarterback, right? Quarterback, obviously, you know, we understand that's the most important position on the team. Um, he is the leader. He's the unspoken leader on the team. He's the guy who's, uh, if there is a ticket, if there's a ticket to be punched to get this team to the playoffs, to the Super Bowl, it's with Pat Mahomes. There's no doubt about that. And all the guys know it. No matter what your role is on the team, you know that you need that guy more than anybody else um, if you're going to you know, uh, reach your destiny. But when it comes to training camp, uh, that, that fire gets going. Those, those personal desires to be a part to be a part of that 53-man roster gets going so hot that it becomes like, I, I, got, I can only explain about that I have a brother. I got an older brother. And I've gotten in many fights with some different <laughs> people in school, but I fought nobody as hard as I fought my brother. Wow. I fought my brother like he was my mortal enemy whenever we got to fighting. But there was a respect level. I never kicked him. I never poked his eyes out. I never punched him in his family jewels right it was it was just i wanted to show him how strong i was i was it was like a proving ground to my older brother showing him that i was uh more of a man that i was you know i was growing up and at some point i'm gonna be better and bigger than you um that's kind of what i see from our you know when it's time for the offensive line and d-line to go against each other in one-on-ones and you go against the same guy over and over to the point where you know it, it gets to that point where sometimes you throw blows, you um, um, you get to a little wrestling matches and all that kind of stuff. But it still has to be a level of uh, we we got we got to get to where we're going together. We need to all be healthy uh, come week one, and we want to make sure we're as healthy as possible come week seventeen and through the playoffs. So it, it's a, it's a way to get uh, the best out of one another. And sometimes you get to joking, you get you get under people's skin a little bit, it gets a little personal. Mm. Um, and sometimes you get to throwing blows, but at the end of the day, you got to back off and realize at the end of the day, y'all are still on the same team. Well, here's the deal too. I had two brothers, one three years older, one five years younger. So I'm that middle child, right? That explains a lot, right? The whole middle child thing. And yes, we fought. But if you're going to take on one of us, 
you're going to take on all three of us. And it's been that way kind of throughout life. And that's where I think maybe Mahomes is going at with this is, okay, this is going to be intense. This defense is, is ratcheting it up. But you take on one of us, you're taking on all of us. That's what you want to carry over when you play Jacksonville to open the season. Definitely. So, yeah, in training camp, your position's going to fight a position because it's, you know, everybody's fighting and clawing and scratching. But the goal is for this team to fight together, like you're saying, against a common opponent coming the regular season and being so convicted, to be so uh, – that brotherhood, that bond is so tight that when one guy makes a play, it's not that one guy making a sack, it's the whole defense making a sack. And when uh, the quarterback scores and throws a touchdown, ain't just him, ain't Mahomes throwing it uh, to Watkins or throwing it to Hill or throwing it to uh, Honey Thunder. No, it's, it's the entire Chiefs – uh, kingdom, our whole team just scored on you. And when you have that type of mentality and that, and that starts rolling, um, now you know that sea of red starts flowing. And it goes, that, that feeling goes beyond the players and then the fan base start feeling like they're a part of it. So those defensive stops now become uh, uh, the entire organization, the entire fan base thinking that we just made a stop. And it's all about building that definition of what the word we means, right? We isn't just one player making a move, going to get in a sack. It, it just it, it keeps going. It goes from that one player to the entire D line, to the entire defense, to the entire team, to the organization, to the fan base, um, and that's when you know you have arrived as far as uh, fighting as a brotherhood, fighting as, a, as a, like one unit, um, and and that's the defining moment. And that's what training camp is about. That's why it has to be hard. You have to fight. And here's a, here's a great point to that. I mean, I'm gonna nerd you up here. Last year, the Chiefs were 25th in the league. They did all this offense and all of this performance. I mean, 25th in the league in in possessions. Mm. All right, the the average. If they just the defense just gets the average, that means Mahomes will get 10 more possessions a year. Basically, 10 sixteenths, he's going to get another possession. Well, the Chiefs led the NFL in percentages of times they scored. You give him one more possession, and just give him just sprinkle out sevens and threes, they would have been 15 and one last year. Mm. So I'm just saying that it's to your point where. The defense gets at him off the field, and now you're giving Patrick Mahomes six more cards in the card game. And Frank Clark and the Honey Badger and all of them are saying, here's some more cards, go. And so let's just hope you don't bend the cards during training camp. Right? <laughs> all right. Now, we're into the th- NFL games, you get a 12-minute halftime. In defending the kingdom, you get one second. There you go, one. All right, hopefully you went to the bathroom and got an orange or whatever because now we're going to the third quarter. And the third quarter has to deal with Patrick Mahomes and his ability to absorb. I asked him in this little chat, we got off to the side, and I asked him, all right, more time, you to absorb, Andy to absorb him, and developing more dudes to help him. Coach just gives you more and more the more you absorb. And then the more guys that get reps – and what you've been able to do this spring and summer with those guys, what, what are you seeing there as you add more to your volume and two, maybe more weapons to the list? Yeah, exactly. I mean, getting to work with these guys for another year, uh, keep building that chemistry, get to expand on our, our playbook even more, which is crazy, and uh, get to test guys every each and every day. Uh, that's the best thing is coach doesn't stay stay in one place. He keeps he keeps evolving. He keeps getting better, and he wants to expand on everybody's knowledge of the offense. And so we're going to keep testing the guys, uh, testing me and the O-line, and, and we're going to see what we can do what we can't all right there he is more time more reps more guys more offense his capacity to absorb what do you see in there and how much bandwidth do we have left in this kid's body 
I loved how he explained it. The playbook is evolving. That word evolve, it, it makes it gives me goosebumps to think about um, Coach Andy Reid's philosophy and now with Coach Spag's philosophy. They're, they're teachers. They're, they are truly teachers of football philosophy. And when you have students that are willing and eager to learn not what to do, but why you do it. That's the most important part. Why are we doing what we do? Why are we going vertical with this? Why are we, we need this zero uh, route to be so flat? And why do I got to run this route so fast? Or, you know, why do I got a deep set on the offensive line? And this and this. So all these different reasons that we ask the players to do certain things. But now we have a group of players that want to go beyond the what am I doing? And they want to actually learn the why. And so you have a whole team full of guys that want to evolve they don't want the playbook to get stagnant. They don't. They, 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 they know what they're doing out there, and they're ready for Coach Reed to take them to the next level. That's continue to grow this thing. That's continue to evolve this offense. They know what it looks like to score 35 points a game, and now they want to challenge themselves to see if they can score 40. Something that's been unheard of in the NFL. They, you know, uh, I spoke last year so many times about the teams being able to score 35 points a game, and I was mocked. Everybody thought I was crazy, and I said. What are you basing it off, Sean? Like history of the NFL says a team rarely scores 35 points a game. And I said, I've seen Mahomes. I've seen the guy practice. I see how he uh, understands defenses. And I've seen him actually talk about his recall of uh, defensive sets and formations and what somebody did to him three or four games ago um, and how he wants to attack it now. That that type of uh, uh, understanding of how offense and defenses work, what the weaknesses are on defense, and how to attack it offensively. That is, that is uncommon. And when you see a guy like that who has that uncommon ability, you can start thinking about uncommon results. I got him when people – I was on a show in San Francisco. This is actually before last year, between right at the start of the regular season. And they were saying, what do you see in him? And I said, he's Steph Curry. I said, he's Steph Curry. They're laughing me. They're laughing me on the show. And I know what it was when you get off those shows. They're like, hey, replay that. Yeah. Let's, just, let's throw rocks at the cat. And then they had me on in December. They go, dude, he's Steph Curry. But with Mahomes and getting more guys, and he, he, fans forget about guys like uh, Pringle. Like he has really had a good spring. And I asked Patrick about him because, yeah, he's learning the offense. He's getting it. Like he's understanding. Choice routes here. He knows – what he, what I want him to do, or if a guy's playing him, shading him here, or he's seeing this kind of coverage, here's what we do with that. Um, whether it's Gary Deed or or, or D Rob, just continues to get you know more and more reps. And there's been the young guys, Darwin Thompson and, and Daryl Williams. So what he's doing is, how about just building this war chest of guys? Where I talk about having more cards. Well, he can play now diamonds or spades. Oh, definitely. And when you talk about, you know, we, we, we go deeper into talking about, like, what is the drive behind an offensive guy running a route? You know, um, I'm the first option. I get a second or two seconds into the play. Now, I know that I was the first option, so the quarterback has probably come off me. So think about the intensity of probably most receivers. Once they're 20, 25 yards down the field, they've run their route. The safety's already doubled them, so they kind of – the play is over for them. Not in our offense. In our offense, every, all five receivers are always alive throughout the play. Because why? Because you have a quarterback who not only has the vision to continue to see you throughout the whole play, but he also has the arm to get it to you. I was a receiver in high school, and I used to run fade routes. And then after about my 12th step, <laughs> I slowed down because the guy throwing me the ball couldn't throw it that deep. No, he ain't going to throw right? it. Couldn't, if you know that you're so deep the guy can't get it to you, you, you start looking for other stuff to do. 
So I, I have no idea how do you continue to defend or think about, um, you know, throughout the down, how to defend a guy who keeps all four or five receivers alive throughout the uh, throughout the play. It's, it's, it's amazing. You know, and Mahomes referred to that earlier. We might have referenced on our first uh, podcast. You can go back and listen to it. Um, like McCole Hartman. Like there's, he said, he kind of called him out without, and in a nice way. It was like a leadership way of doing it. I liked how he said it, but it was like, hey, you may not be the primary cat on this route. You run your route. And guess what? On this team, there's the route after the route. Mm -hmm. And all the other guys, you could just see the rest of the guys going, yep, listen to him, because that's the way it is. But if he gets more guys in that mentality thinking that way, and people think it's just the receivers. No, it's the tight ends, it's the running backs, it's everybody. But if he gets everybody on the, that page thinking that way, then you have what Manning had with when the Colts were on fire. Uh, and then you have what Brady has had when he's got those guys. He's got everybody working in the same way. All spots of the defense are all viable attack zones. Usually a defense, when we design a defense, we always say, all right, this is the weakness of a defense. And cover two, it's the seams. And cover three, it's the flats. Against Pat Mahomes, you have to realize defensively, once the primary receiver isn't there and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, he understands what defense you're in, he's, he has the capability, the arm, the vision, to attack every zone in your defense. The weakness, the strength. And, and so... From a defensive standpoint, you always think top down. And you think once a receiver defines his routes, then we can kind of uh, attach ourselves to that receiver and start playing it like man. But when you play it like man, you void zones. And some of those deep zones, when they become voided, you think to yourself, yourself defensively, this quarterback, he doesn't have the time or the arm to deliver a, a ball 50 yards down on the opposite hash um, this late in the down because he knows the pressure's getting there and he's not willing to keep his eyes down deep that long. So you start to avoid deep zones to uh, attach yourself to crossing routes. You have to def- you have to spend a whole week redefining what it means to play defense against this quarterback. And I think that makes him such a unique weapon. Um, he he's, he's really is. He's going to redefine the quarterback position uh, kind of like he did last year, and this is just the next step to it. And beware if you play just lots of man-to-man because Andy Reid will hit you with one of his 400 screens he's got. <laughs> I saw it during a mandatory minicamp. The defense is playing great. Spags has got all his stuff rolling. Whoops. There were about two or three times it was one of those crazy Andy Reid screens that don't look like a screen. And then Carlos Hyde pops out of the clouds and is off for 50 yards. I didn't even look over at Spags. But it's just it's, – it's then – I mean, so you have scheme plus this person – in Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to nerd you out with one of these. Here's one. The Chiefs were 28th last year in the NFL. There's only 32 teams, unless mm-hmm. we've added some we haven't. There's only, they were 28th in the league in drop passes. Now you get that to 15. Mm-hmm. Just put that up to the middle of the pack. That's that many more completions and that many more opportunities to advance the ball. And I think that's what he was saying there is that more guys are figuring this out or I'm getting them ready to figure this out. Yeah, we look at the offense today. You say we, saw, we scored so many points last year. From a national standpoint, they say, well, how do you improve on that? You fine-tune it. You detail it. You think about drop passes. You think about uh, run plays that went for neg- negative plays. You think about uh, pre-snap you know, uh, penalties. Think, those, those type of things are, has nothing to do with skill level. But when you talk about the effectiveness of an offensive drive, where you know a starting drive, you think about taking away an offensive penalty or a drop ball 
or one negative run play. And now you try to think about keeping this offense from getting the first down, first down, first down, touchdown, almost impossible. All those self-inflicted wounds, um, and then don't mention turnovers, and we, I call them giveaways because sometimes the defense is going to make a play. They'll yes, make sir. you turn it over. But the giveaways, the, the balls that the offensive guy slips through his hands and bats up in the air, or a wide receiver or running back running with the ball and they have it out too wide and somebody punches it out, those are giveaways. If you just protect the rock, know where the defense is coming and take the yardage that's given and go ahead and get down and let's go to the next play, Man, this, this, this offense becomes almost unstoppable. Rams game last year. I mean, you're just talking about the Rams game last year. 54-51, they go, wow, man, shoot out back and forth. Rams had 14 defensive points. Okay, so there you go. Fourth quarter. Here we go. This is Mahomes loves this quarter. right? He, he's, we played the three quarters with Mahomes now, Watt. But now Watt in the fourth quarter. And it's dealing with the enemy. All three quarters so far has been inside the fort. How Patrick has handled that in, in the last – months since the AFC Championship game. But now it's handling the enemy. They are spending every waking minute, particularly in the division or the conference challengers, what are we going to do with this kid? Now, if you're Patrick Mahomes, how do you stay one step ahead of the enemy? You got to find a way. You got you to find a way to even, even when everybody else is patting you in the back, you say pat, that's what, you know, patting them on the back, um, and telling them how great last year was and how great he is and how unique he is, he still has to dial it back and realize the, the, the reason he's got all the success is because he's been humble. He's been able to uh, trust the process. He trusts his protection. He trusted the other guys around him are doing their jobs, and now he has to go out there and just perform and, and do what he does. He only has to be Pat. When he starts thinking he has to be Superman, he starts thinking he has to put the cape on and do things that he really don't have to do to win, um, that's when things start to – that's when you call it the wheels start to fall off. Uh, that's <laughs> when everybody starts to pass, the, I mean, that's just organic. He even said it's just – it's got to be organic and generic. He can't be going, well, he hadn't thrown a left-handed pass in a month. That's okay, you know, if it wasn't calling for time to do a left-handed pass. Let me give you another one. I'm like, here's, here's one with me, uh, and I think I've even talked to him about it, and that's the time score situation. I will give you a specific example here. It is the Seattle game last year. It is a firestorm. All Seattle's heard about is how Arrowhead's the loudest stadium, right? Blah, blah, blah. 142.2, blah, blah, blah. They're on fire. It's December. They need it. They need the game, right? They're, getting, they're in the Rams challenge and blah, blah, blah. Chiefs get first possession. Third down, and I think it's like six or seven, he's got a shot at getting a first down. Throw it for 11 yards. Patrick zings a sidearm hit the let's try to go for D-Rob between bracketed coverage. Incomplete. Three and out. Punt. Places on fire. We stop Patrick Mahomes. Punt. They go down and score. The Chiefs try to work uphill the rest of the game. To me, that's a tangible example of time score situation and how Patrick Mahomes improves. And I think if you ask him, he'll be the first to tell you. There's been many times he looked at his film from last year where he says, I was my worst enemy in there. I, I, went, I went for too much. I went for too much too early in the game. I went for the home run uh, swing when all I needed was a single. I just needed a bunt right there. They gave me the first down. I could either ran for it. I could hit a little you know, curl route. But they had the first down to keep the chains going uh, for another set. And when you talk about that environment, especially on the road, when you have the other uh, fan base gnawing at you and, and, and just – they don't really know if they can stop Pat Mahomes or not, and they need their defense to show them so they can really believe what they think they're saying. And uh, in that game, I was at that game. I was there with Kevin Lockett and Billy Baber was there. 
uh, you know, his son Tyler Lockwood. So we was there in the suites watching that game. When that when that opening kickoff kicked off, I I swore I was back here at the Kingdom. It was it yep. was loud. It was deafening. But like you you were right. When that first drive, it was some hesitation in the fan base. There was a little bit of doubt in that fan base if they really could stop this phenom. And the defense got off the field. And you've heard instead of instead of Pat taking that first down and kind of letting some air out of the sails of the thirteenth man there in Seattle by going for it and incomplete, it pumped them up. It was like gasoline thrown on the fire, um, <laughs> and they started roaring. And that fire didn't stop until the end of the game. It was a barn burner. That was a game to go down. That was a great game on both sides. But like you're saying, from a quarterback position to be able to to take some of the air out of that uh, that crowd during an away game with so much riding on it. Um, a first down would have been almost important and is valuable as a touchdown. And a six-minute drive and put seven on the board because he's number one in the NFL in red zone touchdowns with 35. And you go up seven and nothing, you suck some of the helium out of all that 12th man and all that. So it's going to be fun. But here we are, second uh, defending the kingdom. And just, just overall, the fact that this kid is the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback and who he is and what he is so far, I pray, never changes. It is so exciting to have this guy being a leader of this team. Definitely. And uh, you know, like we said, leadership is something that it's a, it's a born thing. You can't you can't teach somebody how to be a leader. Right? He's going to come out here and he's going to be a football player. He'll give you all he can. We we see so many different types of leadership. Um, we see guys, um, Baker Mayfield, and we see the Russell. Where every team has a guy that they put in the leadership and they do it in different ways. Uh, I could never be as um, as is is just encouraged and excited about having um a leader like we have here with Pat Mahomes, as humble as he is, as uh, as, as professional as he is, but as talented as he is. When I when you talk about the sky is the limit, um, he just he's gonna he's gonna ask Coach Andy Reid to just keep feeding him. Yeah, just keep feeding him, man. And it, it's go it's such a thrill to be able to follow him and watch him on a weekly basis. And you get your haircut at the same place Patrick Mahomes gets his haircut. You just went up a notch in my book. <laughs> I'm just saying. But it's in the words of that great philosopher of our time, Snoop Dogg, in the awesome movie Start Skin Hutch. He went to notch one. Just saying. <laughs> that's from Snoop Dogg. All right. That's our uh, Defending the Kingdom. This And get ready for the next one, Barbershop, because the second question I get asked is the first one is, what now what does Mahomes do for an encore? The second question is always, what does Spags bring into the defense? Oh, you know, I'm excited about that. Coach Spags being my former linebacker coach when I was in Philadelphia, I can get you all the insights about that. So can't wait, can't wait. Make sure you're around for episode three of Defending the Kingdom. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs' official podcast network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins.